following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me every single Friday for NFL history, Mr. Ranger Lentz. Happy uh, Friday. Yeah. Happy Friday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Happy Friday to you. You got to think of what episode you're doing. No, <laughs> no. Well, maybe a little bit. I it was a long day today at work, man. I didn't get I didn't get too many breaks. I just kind of just worked. It was nice. It was just nice pace. I worked twelve hour days. So yesterday, well, it'll be two days ago now when this drops. But mm-hmm. you know, two days ago, I I did a twelve hour shift, did all my work in eight hours, and I sat around and did nothing for four. So That's I was like, you know what? It's it was it was nice, but it was boring. So I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll give a little bit today. I took a little bit yesterday. I will. I will take a. I'll give a little bit today. I noticed the uh, meme count on Wednesday went up a little bit with you. Oh yeah, (laughs) you can tell. Yeah, it's usually like if it's really bad. That's when I start asking you to post episodes and just do things. So, um, that's that's yeah. But um, but yeah. So we're continuing on, everybody. We have one more episode, I think, left after this. Yes, one more episode left after this for our uh, our players who never played in a playoff game that's a lot of play I said play a lot in that sentence um today we're going to do Joe Thomas a absolute legend uh, a recent legend in, in in that regard too probably he's got to be up for hall of fame soon right he's got to be eligible yeah. he's got to be a first ballad I, I think so too. I, I, th- I think so too. Um, yeah, Joe Thomas, everybody is who we're going to hone in on today. The uh, the former offensive tack, right? Offensive tackle, I think it was. Yeah, yes. offensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns, who played for many many seasons and uh, many many quarterbacks. His, uh, yeah, he <laughs> he had a lot of different teammates. It's, it's actually, it's, it's really insane, but, um, but yeah, he, you know, and one important aspect I wanted to discuss with this, um, you know, with this episode, cause you know, he's a lineman, right. And, and linemen don't always get a whole lot of love. Uh, every now and then you get a few, right. You're the Anthony Munozes of the world, the Jeff Saturdays and, and, and several others and several others. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, currently like a Quentin Nelson or something like that. But man, I, I think it's as, as tough as it is to kind of soak it, like soak this idea in. It's probably a little bit easier for an offensive lineman to go playoff list, but be really good at what he does. Would you agree? Yeah. Cause it, 
is it really considered a skill position? And that's, it, it should be in a way, but it's not. Because right. you got to have some type of, you're going against, you're going up against some pretty powerful guys. And especially if you're a left tackle, you're probably the second most important piece of the offense, but yet you don't score a touchdown. You're not out there making a touchdown or anything like that. You can try and create it, but it's a little bit hard when you don't have the pieces around you. Right. No, most certainly. So, I mean, yeah, you're not moving the ball. Um, and we've seen, I mean, listen, in this day and age in the NFL, you know, in the NFL landscape, a lot of these guys, they will jump to another team to to make it. And I think that's what makes Joe Thomas's story so, I think, interesting and amazing. This dude could have been like, yeah, I don't see us going anywhere and been picked up in free agency in a heartbeat for a mega contract and gone to a, a, a instant contender right? Instant contender right away, but he chose loyalty, which, you know, it pays off sometimes. And I think that, I think that I don't want to discredit his career, but I think this makes him stand out as much as he does too, because he was the anchor. He was the, you know, he didn't jump from team to team. It was Cleveland or nothing Cleveland in retirement. So uh, absolutely amazing competitor. Um, you know, athlete to be able to, I mean, the trenches are, are one of the hardest positions to play in too. I, I get it. You can make a case for anything, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, but you're literally pushing up against 300 plus pound, gen- not gentlemen, they're nothing gentle about defensive linemen, but pushing up against these guys for 60 minutes, depending on your time of your team's time of possession. And listen, Cleveland did not have very good offenses back then, too. So uh, I'm sure it was a little one-sided in some cases. Joe Thomas was, you know, he battled year in, year out for, was it 10 seasons? Is that what we, yeah, 10 seasons, 11 seasons? Five, six, seven, eight. When you talk about the 11 seasons, 10 and a half, 11 seasons, yeah. You talk about the contact, that's probably the one thing, you know, you defensive line offensive line that's constant contact and Vince Lombardi said it best football is not a contact sport it's a collision sport so you are constantly getting collided with by another man that is about as big as you or just as big as you on every single play yeah and you listen you got to think about some of the I mean in that division alone, he's played against some ferocious defenders, but the AFC North on its own. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> right. You think about all those, those Pittsburgh Steelers defenses, the, um, the, the Baltimore Ravens defenses, you know, against a, a, a Ray Lewis, right. You know, having a, having to block him, I'm sure on some occasions, um, James Harrison, James Harrison, right. And, and, and so many more. He sizzle <laughs> for the Ravens. Yeah, it's 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 a scary thought. Like how, how many how many like good defense? This guy had to play twice a year, plus everybody else that they faced. You know, um, so yeah, bless his heart. <laughs> uh, this guy is is literally a legend. You know, we always say one of our favorite quotes on this show is the best ability is availability, and Joe Thomas was a available 
Mm. He was available throughout pretty much his entire career until his last year when he uh, when when he ended up retiring. But he was available. The Browns depended on him. So got nothing but respect for the dude. Um, where did you first really notice Joe Thomas? Because I, you know, as I've gotten older, I've started to appreciate the offensive lineman, but um, but back then, I, you know what I mean? It's it's not the sexy position. Joe Thomas to me was minute on draft day. All right, I think when he came out, what two thousand seven? Yeah, two thousand seven. Yep. So here is draft day, 2007. I think this is the Adrian Peterson draft, everything else. So there's some pretty big names at this point. Jamarcus Russell, Megatron's here. You know, Gaines Adam, RIP, uh, was a pretty big name coming out. Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch. You heard all these names, and then there was this offensive lineman. Like you said, you don't really see too much offensive lineman hype, but here's Joe Thomas, who is the number one offensive lineman in this draft, everything else. And he's not even at the draft, right? He went out fishing with his dad and was like, you know, I, I don't even care where I go, where I get drafted or anything. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to enjoy the day. I don't even know if he had a phone with him or anything like that. So, but there was a camera crew by there and you just see Joe Thomas and his dad <laughs> hopping on the boat. And I thought that was so cool that they had their fishing poles, their coolers and the tackle box and just going out fishing. So right there, I had a lot of, I was like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. Cause he just blew off like the biggest thing in the world, but he right. didn't want to do it. Right. What's the, what's the phrase? You only get drafted once and everybody's just like, you know, everybody's like they got it like it's their moment like they, they live for this you, it, it can only happen once in your life and this dude's out fishing i respect that um he's a good old boy though he's a good old yeah. like one of those um what are you by that is he's like what are you, this is kind of what you would you consider wisconsin like midwest western you know um mountain mountain time <laughs> we'll go with that mountain he's just a good you know it, it's it, life is simple out that out that way allegedly um you know he, he did what he was like you know he was relaxed he, he didn't he, he's obviously somebody who doesn't like all the, the the glitz and glamour there's there's no doubt about that um you know but he just i think that's the coolest thing just go out fishing with your dad on draft day and uh just relax and enjoy whatever happens happens that's it's it's a character thing i actually i really i really admire it it was it was just awesome to see him just go out there and it's like all these big names and they're you know they they pan around the green room and they're like here's adrian peterson here's jamarcus russell here's calvin johnson here's this guy and they're all waiting to be drafted and here's the top offensive lineman on the board and he was probably going to go the first five picks, which he did within the first five picks. And he's out fishing. Just like, oh, I'm going to go fishing. One of the coolest things. I love it. Um, absolutely love it. So let's get into the life of, uh, of, of Mr. Joe Thomas and in his, uh, and his, uh, you know, his, his, his career in a sense, not a whole lot of juice with this, with this one, as far as playing career, because, 
he blocked people for a career. Not, not that I, it's like insulting or anything, but um, you know, he did, he did his job and he did it good. So, all right. So as I said, he was born in Wisconsin, Brookfield, Wisconsin, to be uh, specific. He went to uh, Brookfield central high school and he did, he was at every, he did a lot of stuff, um, <laughs> a lot of positions. All right. So in high school, played right tackle he played defensive end he played tight end he was a fullback he was a place kicker and a punter all right so he's a versatile guy there pretty damn good at what he does i'd say um and eventually he everything just kind of narrowed down he was ranked by a prep star all-american he was one of the top 20 offensive tackles nationally so what do you do when you're really good at something? You kind of, that's kind of where you're at. High school is a lot about figuring kind of, you know, if you want to do this long-term, figuring out what you're good at. You know, I went to Niagara Falls high school and, and the guys there, they played both ways. You know, some of them played two, three positions. You figure out what you're good at. And then obviously college kind of looks at you from there. Um, yeah, he was, he was ranked very respectively respect respectably excuse me um he was a dubbed a four-star recruit by rivals.com and uh yeah he was ranked number 18 offensive tackle prospect in the class of 2003 and uh yeah wisconsin nebraska colorado notre dame were all looking really looking at him and then he signed his letter of intent to wisconsin in january of 03 and college Played for the Wisconsin Badgers. He played from their 03 to 06. And uh, he actually, they used him a lot as a blocking tight end. So not a whole lot of receiving, but they, they had him in as, a, as an extra guy. And then they moved into the tackle in 2004. Played all 12 games at left tackle. And, uh, yeah, did a pretty dang good job in 05. Barry Alvarez, the coach, retired. Uh, or That was his last season as the Badgers head coach. He had uh, he had Thomas start all 13 games at left tackle, and he was uh, named a first-team All-American by Pro Football Weekly. Um, his senior season, he tore – I shouldn't jump past this. He did tear his ACL playing defensive end. Um, yeah, he – there was other injuries to other players that year, and uh, so they put him in at defensive end. And he tore his ACL in that situation. So, um, but the Badgers did finish ten and three with a number fifteen national ranking. And uh, Thomas was pro- he probably could have been drafted at that point in time. I don't know how high his stock would have been, but um, you know he was he, he did pretty dang well for himself. But he said he was going to come back for his final year, right? Play his senior season. Uh, in 06, he uh, began with I mean, just super high expectations. The guy's coming back. He's an all Amer- first-team All-American. It, it can only, you know, be great from there. He was the offensive captain. He played another 13 games, uh, and he blocked for P.J. Hill Jr., who uh, I never heard of him, but he, he totaled 1,500 rushing yards that season in 13 games. That's pretty damn impressive. Uh, after the regular season, he won the Outland Trophy as the nation's top interior lineman and was recognized as a consensus first team, all American. Uh, and they went, were invited back to the captain one bowl against Arkansas and uh, the Badgers ended up winning 
finishing the season 12 and one. So, um, so yeah, so there was that 2007. We're getting to his NFL draft. He was taken uh, third overall. And like, uh, like Andrew said, spent draft fishing on Lake Michigan with his father, father father-in-law and Joe Panos, who was a a fellow offensive lineman uh, of, of his. And uh, he actually did have a cell phone. So that answers that question. He was called um, while fishing that he was drafted by the Browns. He instantly signed a six-year contract worth $43 million, 23 million of that guaranteed, including a voidable year. And uh, very quickly, Thomas won the starting left tackle job after uh, the Browns previous Browns left tackle, Kevin Schaefer moved to right tackle. And he made his debut against the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one and played every offensive snap for the Browns in 2007. Uh, he was one of the, I mean, just top performing guys in that draft class, right? Obviously. Yeah. And he was the rookie of the month for no, month of November. And he was actually uh, selected to the Pro Bowl uh, in 2008, uh, 2007, 2008 season, but 2008 Pro Bowl. And he replaced Jason Peters of the Buffalo Bills. So. Um, he came in second place as well for rookie of the year. Uh, can you guess who, who won rookie of the year that year? Could it be Martin? No, Adrian Peterson. Yes, that would be, that would be it. Um, yeah, he, you know, just doing big things started in 2008, uh, selected to a second pro bowl and, uh, the Browns offensive line in 2008 was actually not shabby at all. They only allowed 19 sacks, which was tied for third fewest in the franchise history. Um, but again, if it's the Browns, so things didn't work out so well. Um, not the Browns. Not the Browns. Uh, 2009, he was named first team all pro. Just as reliable as he could be. 2010, another 16 games. He was ranked... Uh, Let's see here in Pro Bowl and first team all pro honors again. And he was ranked 43rd in the top 100 NFL players of 2011 based off of that 2010 season. Uh, in 2011, the Browns agreed to a record setting seven year, $84 million extension with $44 million guaranteed. And um, yeah, got to, got to pay him to, to, to protect Peyton Hillis. <laughs> Madden cover star Peyton Hillis. That. Forgot all about that until you said Peyton Hillis. <laughs> right? Oh uh, boy. I know, right? That's a yeah. Uh he got named to his fifth straight Pro Bowl then on December 27th. And uh he actually is a really cool thing here. Um Richmond Webb, who is a player that you and I interviewed on for this show, there, Andrew. He shares Joe Thomas shares a a significant achievement with, with Mr. Richmond Webb, Mr. Richmond Webb. And uh, that is, they are the only NFL offensive lineman to make the pro bowl in each of their first five seasons. So pretty, uh, pretty extraordinary there. Also Thomas and pro football hall of fame running back, Jim Brown are the only Browns players ever to be selected the pro bowl for the first five seasons of their career. So he's in good company. Very good company. Yeah. Um, and yeah, first team all pro again. He was ranked 82nd this uh after this year on the top 100 players of 2012. 2012 season, sixth straight Pro Bowl. Brown still uh 
being poopy. And yeah, very short list of 15 players who made the Pro Bowl in each of the first six seasons. He was all pro second team by the Associated Press, and he was ranked 28th by his fellow players on the uh, the NFL Top 100 of 2013. Uh, 2013 season, seventh straight Pro Bowl. Dude's good. Um, joining his fellow Cleveland Browner, Jim Brown, as the only Browns to make the Pro Bowl in their first seven seasons. And he's one of 11 players in NFL history to make it in their first seven seasons. Uh, joining Dick Butkus, Joe Green, Franco Harris, Mer- uh, Merlin Olson, Mel Renfro, Barry Sanders, Lawrence Taylor, and Derek Thomas. First team All-Pro for the fir- fourth time in his career. And he was ranked 18th on the top 100 players of 2014. So, um, I mean, it, it's pretty cool to go through this. 2014, first, the, the only offensive lineman to be named to Pro Bowl in each of his first eight seasons. So this guy is just setting the standard um, the entire way. Earned first team All-Pro honors for the fifth time. And he was ranked 25th on the top 100 players of 2015. 2015 season, the Browns, you guessed it, they still boo-boo. Um, started all 16 games, ninth Pro Bowl nomination and sixth all first-team All-Pro nomination. And, um, yeah, he won an award, the Bruce Matthews Award, who, for best offensive lineman in the league. He was ranked 23rd by his fellow players in the NFL Top 100 of 2016. Uh, we get to 2016. This is his final full season. Final full season for the 10th straight season. Uh, Brett, excuse me, Thomas started in all 16 games. He kept his Pro Bowl streak alive. Uh, yeah, even though the Browns finished one and 15, but yeah, 10 straight Pro Bowl. He was ranked 25th by his peers on the NFL top 100. And then 2017. 2017. Um, he actually came out. This is a little scary, you know, uh, battle in the trenches. We talked about how physical it is. Um, he actually acknowledged that he'd been experiencing early stage memory loss at this point. So Thomas is pretty run down. All right. Um, I, but there are some cool accomplishments here. And uh, on September 17th of 2017, he played his 10,000th consecutive snap. Um never missing a single offensive play that his team was a part of. Uh, he is actually the first player to reach that milestone in NFL history. And it ended at 10,363 uh, on October 22nd, 2017, when he hurt, when he tore his tricep uh, blocking against Tennessee Titans, Brian Orapo. Uh, yep. Orapo. Okay. Yeah. I don't pronunciation is not my thing. But, yes, this is the only season he did not finish in his career. He played seven games. Uh, on November 4th, though, the, the Browns did give Thomas a, uh, a nice raise in pay. Well-deserved, I think, for everything that he he endured. Um, and then on March 14th, 2018, he decided to uh, officially hang it up. Man, I, I would have, like, really loved to see him with this New newer team. Browns team, especially like, the one that went to the playoffs last year. Don't you like I? It, it drives me nuts sometimes. I mean, I, it it does, but it doesn't. You know, these guys who retire and then all of a sudden their team gets decent, right? Remember when 
well, the Giants were always decent, but like Tiki Barber like retired, I think the year before the Giants went to and won the Super Bowl. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, that was a that was a big one where he was there all those years with the Giants. He did go to a Super Bowl with the Giants, but not the best there <laughs> in uh, Giant Super Bowl performances. Oh, there's so, the 2001 uh, with Kerry Collins, right? Yeah. And so he didn't do that. And then here's this team that has this miraculous season. And some people say the reason why the Giants did go to the Super Bowl that year was because Tiki Barber was gone. Yeah, <laughs> I I have heard that. I certainly have heard that. But to see this happen, you know, all of a sudden this guy, you know, they get good. And then all of a sudden now, well, the Browns made it to the playoffs. If he, I don't know how much longer you could have hung in. Like you said, he was experienced memory loss. Uh, I listened to an interview where he talked about um, his knees were pretty much just shot the last two years or one his right knee was just pretty much shot. Yeah. Didn't practice pretty much would just go in, get the knee drained, you know, get it put. Uh, There's some type of, Joint lubricant, get that put in there. After the game, get the knee drained. Joint lubricant, that's pretty much all it was. And a lot of wear and tear. A lot of wear and tear. And the losing has got to be a big mind struggle of just everything as well. Just constantly having to experience you know, three, three and 13 seasons and one in five. Was he? No, he wasn't there for the. Oh, and 16, was he? Um, They went oh, and 16 in. 2017, so I think it was the year he got hurt. Oh, so right. Yeah, because they got the first overall pick. That's what they got Baker with. Oh, yeah. No, Baker came up. Baker was 2018. Yeah, that's right. So I think I think it was 2017. Kaiser at uh, QB. I think yeah, it was Kaiser. I love. There's also another story where he talks about. We talked about how many quarterbacks he had. You know, he had to introduce himself to a quarterback one time. <laughs> yeah, I just quarterback. I just found the list. Was? I just found the list of every quarterback he's played with. Yeah, there was a, a game. Uh, Thad Lewis was the quarterback. Thad Lewis went out, and they just signed uh, Josh Johnson, like in the middle of the week. And he, uh, he, he that's how he met Josh Johnson was coming into the huddle because Thad Lewis was injured. He was like, "Hey, hi, I'm Joe Thomas. I'm your left tackle." And he's <laughs> like, "Hey, I'm I'm Josh Johnson. I'm your." I'm your quarterback, and they're like, "Okay, here we go." So that's how. That's how many quarterbacks came in and out, just in and out, in and out. That you meeting a new one every other day or every other year, pretty much twenty different starting quarterbacks in eleven years. Who do you got? Let's let's hear some names that Joe jo- that Joe Thomas has blocked for. Well, do you want to you want to make it like a guessing game? I could do okay. I could probably do this. Do you want to? Do you want to go and do this? 
How many I mean, I have the list in front of me. Yeah. If you want to take okay. some swings, absolutely. Uh, Derek Anderson. Yes. Uh, let's go Johnny Manziel. Yep. Um, Thad Lewis, Josh Johnson. Thad Lewis. I don't see Josh Johnson on here. Okay. Probably because he wasn't a starter. Probably. Um, right. Thad Lewis is actually, I should probably read off the record as you're saying. Thad Lewis, 0 and 1 as a starter. Uh, Johnny Manziel, 2 and 6. He was my fantasy quarterback for two weeks. Uh, you said Derek Anderson, right? Yes. 16 and 18. Uh, this one's for my Who man. Who did Josh. you say? Who, is that all you said so far? Josh Johnson so far. Only the four. Okay. Uh, this one, I don't know. I might be shooting a little. No, no, 2007. I'm going to say this goes out to my man, Johnny Townsend. <laughs> Jake Delhomme. Yep. Two and two. Uh, Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Mm, yep. Five and 15. Jeff Garcia. No, I think Garcia was before that. Unless this list is incomplete, which I don't believe it is, but I think Garcia was before before that. Um, he was in Tampa. Yeah, Jeff Garcia was in Tampa when when uh, Thomas got drafted. I just had another one. RG three. Correct. RG three. One and four. Uh, Josh McCowan. Let's go. Let's get a McCowan. Josh McCowan, one in ten. Probably Luke McCowan. <laughs> no, no Luke McCowan. Uh, right? Let me double check. Nope. No, no Luke McCowan. Brandon Whedon, Derek Anderson, RG three, Jake Delome. I think I'm out at that number. You're tapped out. Yeah. Okay. Or we'll be here all day. All right. That's fair. All right. So I'll run through the other ones. So we got Brian Hoyer. Oh, yeah. 10 and six. Before, before Baker Mayfield, he was the only starter in Cleveland in the last 11 years who finished with a winning record. So uh, let's see. You said Derek Anderson, Jake DeLome, Josh McCowan, RG3. Number six, Jason Campbell. Oh, my goodness. He played for the Browns. He did one and seven as a starter. Um, and his only win was against the Ravens, but he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't terrible, but yeah. Number seven, Seneca Wallace. Oh, one and one and six. Yeah. Cold. Oh, sorry. Oh, I do have another one. Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn, three and nine. Okay. Colt McCoy, six and fifteen. Deshaun Kaiser, zero and fifteen. Cody Kessler, zero and eight. My goodness, is Brad Gronkowski on there too? Uh, Bruce's Bruce Gronkowski. Okay, that's what it is. Bruce he Gronkowski. is. Yep, zero and one. Um, yeah. Charlie Fry. Charlie Fry. Yes, six and thirteen. Uh, let's see who else. Connor Shaw, 0-1. Kevin Hogan, 0-1. Ken Dorsey, 0-3. Austin Davis, 0-2. And, and I think you said Thad Lewis. Yeah. He was uh, 0-1 yeah, as a starter. 
So that's that's the 20 quarterbacks that uh, that Mr. Joe Thomas got to block for. And he talked about that too, that he's a that because the inconsistency inconsistency at quarterback makes it harder to block. Because True. each quarterback is different. You don't know who's back there. You don't know if they're doing their assignments. They're not doing their assignments. So he, he did talk about that in the interview that it did make his job a little bit harder knowing that he had a different quarterback in that backfield every single time. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, it goes to show that you can be an absolute legend without going to the playoffs. When your team can't draft the right quarterback for you to protect, that's not your fault. Right. That's not your fault. I actually, I'm sure there's quite a few. I know we went through some names and stuff, but I, I, there's got to be a, a, a whole herd of offensive linemen that are really, really good, but just haven't made it in, like, never play in the playoffs. There's got to be a decent amount, right? I don't know. I, I feel like there are. This. I would love to see this. You're welcome. I would. I think this is the deep dive. If I get bored one day and my kids are watching something on YouTube and they're like, "Hey, will you sit and watch this with me?" Even though I don't want to watch it, I'll just play on my phone and be like, "Yeah, I'm watching it." Because and then I'll see what I could, what I can find. But that is, I think, when it comes down to offensive linemen, normally there's not a lot of bad teams with good offensive linemen. Right. I mean, well, who was that one that played for Washington? He's with San Fran now. Trent Williams. Trent Williams. But even they made the playoffs. They did. They did. But he was a good, he was a standout guy on a really bad offensive line, though. Yeah. To to your point, you are right. He did make the playoffs a few times. Yeah, he had to. He was, was, yeah, he made it in what, 2012 at least with 2012, I think. 2015 they made it a, yeah they made it a couple of times when rg3 was really really good they made it a few times i mean but uh, i can't think of any bet did joe jalama lore i don't what god bless you uh, <laughs> <laughs> joe <laughs> you bet you mentioned a good offensive lineman on bad teams. Oh, so uh, nope, he made it. I was thinking Joe De- Joe Delamalore from the Buffalo Bills. Oh, okay. He played for the Browns in 1980, and I know the Browns. That was uh, yeah, it was that that was the cardiac kids year? So yeah, he played. All right, uh, you were <laughs> you. <laughs> What you're all tongue tied now? I I stumped you. Yeah, like no, because just when you were like, excuse uh, me, when I said Joe Delama Lore, uh, I never heard. I never heard of him. You never heard of him? No, it's why I had no idea what you said. Come on, you live in you live in Buffalo, and you never heard of Joe Delama Lore? No, that's how sad that. Come on, <laughs> go I ask our Bills fans in the group chat right now if they are ever heard of him. He's in the Hall of Fame. Is he? Yeah. You think you think our Bills fans on the podcast know no. what the heck that means? Okay. 
Well, there you go. what to be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Joe, DeL- Joe Delama lawyer. I'm gonna have to look that one up and have Jack try to spell that one out. Oh my! Yeah, or I pronounce can. it. I see. My problem is when it comes to bills. It's like I've had that history beaten into my head. Like I said, my father worshipped at the house of the Buffalo Bills for for many many years. So I knew who Joe Delama lawyer was and. A lot of other guys that I don't think kids should have known, like who they were. Joe Dalai Lama. That's what I'm going with. Um, but yeah, back to our man, Joe Thomas. So what do you think his record, the record of the Browns were in that stretch? Pretty bad, right? Yeah. 48 wins, 128 losses during his starts. That's so pathetic yeah yeah i'm actually shocked that he didn't try and like force that trade to the broncos in 2015 (laughs) just do this just do this for me please just do this he's loyal man cleveland's a nice city you know would you want to leave the city of cleveland they have the melt there yes (laughs) have you ever eaten at the melt no Listen, I've it's the best place ever. I've drove through the city of Cleveland. They used to have a really of, cool toy store. Okay, I would yeah. not want to leave Cleveland. I Travis Kelsey's an idiot for not getting traded to the Cleveland Browns. All right, All right. Go to Kansas City and that overrated barbecue that I okay. never had. LeBron is pretty much from that area, and he's left it twice. He <laughs> <laughs> must that not tell? enjoy the mountain like the way I do. You're, I think you're the only one. I think you're the only one. It's like living in Buffalo. No, there's no melt in the Buffalo. Fuck Buffalo. It, have the melt. I would. I. I would not want to live in Cleveland over living somewhere else. Like, come on. If you could go to Denver for a year, I would rather go to Denver. Go with Peyton Manning. Go with Peyton Manning or the grab bag of quarterbacks. It's I'd like, like to the, be able to eat at the melt once every week. I know I'm that much. Sure good places in Denver. You could get Rocky mountain oysters. Do they have six degrees or seven degrees of Kevin bacon sandwiches there? So probably not. Can you, do they we, have a, what? With the food situation. I'm a the, fat, I'm a fat pile of shit. What? I love food. <laughs> I would not want to be in Cleveland. Like the minute I saw that situation, I would, I'd be like, I, I think it's, I think it's time to go. Like we need to wrap this up and I need to get the hell out of here. Are you trying to tell me that in this episode? Is this some kind of, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that you're so like food based on this topic. The what Christmas, is really in Cleveland though? What, the Christmas story house. Like, come on, get with it, dude. Okay, so I could go to Denver. The Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, sorry, the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, my bad. The Cleveland Guardians. I Nobody's answering me in the chat either. Yeah, I know. I told you. Nobody knows who he is. I mentioned, well, no, because Andrew put it in there, and they're like, oh, my goodness. Who yeah. is this man? When did he play, 1920? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but get, get out of Cleveland. Get out of Cleveland. Well, he's okay. In his defense, I can see what you're saying, though. He's from Milwaukee. He's a northern guy. He's not flashy. He's not showy. 
So why not stay there? And he Cleveland does talk is a about nice city to walk around at night. I did it once. And now I only got harassed by one panhandler. Well, that's not bad. And my wife was mad at me because I gave him a dollar. She was really mad. Just give him the dollar. I've gone through Philadelphia and there was a lot more panhandlers than one. Some guy tried to sell me a subway token. I was like, dude, I don't even live here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you could have just asked me for a dollar and I would have given you that. But because you're trying to sell me a subway token, I don't live here and I don't want to. So uh, Philadelphia is a city I would definitely leave. All they got is Eastern State Penitentiary. Cleveland rocks, man. You got Drew Carey. Yeah, and he's and he says too now he does like being a homer, you know, rooting for the Browns, and there's yeah. really no no regret. So I guess you got me beat on the joke. But me personally, I'm out of Cleveland. I, I'm out. That's I've experienced fair. warmer weather and sunnier days. I don't want to go back. I don't, I don't want to go back. I'll enjoy the melt by myself. You can, um, so <laughs> you can enjoy the melt, and I'll enjoy all the wonderful restaurants Texas has to offer. All right, cool, man. That's cool. all right. All right, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so forty-eight and one hundred and twenty-eight is what Joe Thomas finished up with: ten Pro Bowls, seven first-team All-Pro selections, two second-team All-Pros, um, and many consider him to be one of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history. Oh, yeah. What are, he's top three in consecutive uh, Pro Bowl selections and the only offensive lineman to have 10 consecutive Pro, Pro Bowl selections. So he's got to be doing something right. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, in April 2020, he was named to the NFL 2010's All-Decade Team. And, uh Yeah. He only allowed 30 sacks during his career and uh, very rarely ever got called for uh, holding penalties, which is pretty dang cool. And impressive. Uh, NFL.com ranked him as the seventh greatest offensive tackle of all time and the third greatest Cleveland Brown of all time. Whoa. uh, Whoa. Third. Third greatest Cleveland Brown of all time? Jim Brown. I'm guessing. It's probably Otto. It's probably Brown, Otto, and and Joe Thomas. What about Lou the Toe? Who? Lou the Toe Groza. Is that a kicker? He was a kicker and an offensive. Nobody line. gives a shit about kickers. <laughs> no, he was no, he this was back in the day before kickers were actually still not relevant. <laughs> I know. That's a, that's a good no. He wasn't just a kicker. This one kickers. It was just like, hey, Lou Lou Gross is an offensive lineman. He's huge, so we're just gonna throw him out there. Oh, okay. yeah, I can see it. The, yeah, I see this website, the gru- the grueling truth, top ten greatest. They got Jim Brown, Otto Graham, then Joe Thomas. Yeah. Wait, why is Ozzie Newsome so low at eight? Okay. And that's from NFL.com, though? No, this is just from... Uh, this one was NFL.com's list. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> but he's I doing... What? I put him top four. I put him top four. You going to put Lou the toe? No. I did, I, no, this one is SI. I'm on one that's SI, and I agree with this one. They have Jim Brown, 
Automatic Otto, then Ozzie Newsome, and then Joe Thomas. Then Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, no, <laughs> Paul, Paul Warfield. I think they're going by playing careers because Probably. Paul Warfield was like really good for the Dolphins there. Yeah. Okay. They, they got Lou the Toe at eight. You need to put some respect on my man, Lou the Toe Groza. No, I'm good on that. Maybe we'll do an episode of him someday, but I'm good on the. I'm I'm good on that, unless you get him to come on the show, and then I, I have to be alive. Oh well, tough shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, he died in 2000. Oh, oh, rest in peace. Condolences. Yeah. Well, he's the toe. <laughs> well, <laughs> Joe Thomas is doing pretty damn well for himself uh, since retiring. He's trimmed down a ton. He lost a ton of mass. He actually lost about 50 pounds, like maybe a year or two after. And he started showing up. He does um, analysis, pre and post game stuff for Thursday night football shows and the NFL network. He looks like fantastic. Um, You know how big you got to be to play offensive line. He looks like a normal human being now. And, um, but he's doing good. He's doing really good things. He co-hosts a podcast, the Tama Hawk show. Um, with his former teammate, Andrew Hawkins, and he does Browns media work, game analysis, and a Cup of Joe segment. Um, that's what he did. So, yeah, he's doing pretty pretty dang well for himself, keeping busy, competing in the Titan games in season that's two. Impressive. That's the one with The Rock, right? I think so. I Probably. I don't know. It's on normal TV. I don't watch normal TV. <laughs> I know. You watch 30 for 30s and stuff. I watch 30 for 30s and I like I like to watch Cheers. Yeah, that is the one with The Rock. I okay. watch my Cheers and my Family Ties. Oh, boy. You're like this guy at my job who just watches uh, he watches like Abbott and Costello on YouTube <laughs> every time so I see him in the break room. That stuff is so funny, though. It is good stuff. It is good stuff. Laurel and Hardy? Come on. You, could, you guys got to appreciate some classics. <laughs> I swear, people on this show probably think I'm like 50 years old the way I talk about things. You pretty much are. Um, I'm nowhere near 50. Nowhere near. <laughs> but that is it, everybody. That is it for uh, Joe Thomas and all the uh, interesting side banter that we've had to uh, offer. We got one more episode, as we said, of, of players who did not get to play in the postseason. Um, and it's Andrew's choice. Andrew, who are we discussing next week? We are going to discuss Larry Wilson. Who? Larry Wilson of the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh. So those were four playoffs occurred? <laughs> he played. No, come on. You guys are. You guys need to realize who Larry Wilson is. This man like played with casts on his arms and wore the number eight and played safety. When it was like pretty much, in, he is the reason, pretty much the reason why we have the safety blitz today. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we're going to learn about Mr. Larry Wilson. Is he alive too? Uh, I think he is. I would love to talk to Larry Wilson. This guy was gritty. Send him a message. Uh, Larry Wilson is no longer with us as of September 17th, 2020. Oh, uh, we just missed him. RIP Larry. Shit. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna say we're gonna say good things about him uh, next week. Then I am a pile of shit for those two comments. Um, 
This is disrespecting the dead. But that is it, everybody. And thank you so much. We're going to get going. Yeah, we don't have Saturday episodes anymore, which is really nice. Oh. So, um, it's really nice. We'll uh, plenty of stuff to come. Of course, uh, next week begins our retro fantasy football league for our Wednesday episodes. Make sure you tune in that. We got trivia. We got all sorts of good stuff. Make sure you tune in. We appreciate you as always. And, and until, oh, uh, and join in. Join in. We need guests. We oh, need yes. We come do. on the retro league and the trivia. Yeah. It's literally one off, one off appearances you can make. Send us an email, the the number two PT conversation at gmail.com, the two point conversation at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook. Send us a message there. If you're cool, we'll, uh, we'll invite you on. You can zoom on from wherever the heck you are. And, uh, and and jump on and and hang out with us. Just chat. Get your uh, get your name and voice out there in the uh, in the podcast world. So that is it, everybody. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. <laughs>